0: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Yeah, there should be some passion. This doesn't have to be boring, boring, boring.
1: Okay, one thing the game needs is more people like you. You you still have brown man run around tight pants. It's Mookie Betts.
2: Daniel Bard. Steve Aoki. Salt Lamacchia. This is Brock Hole. Hey, this is John Lester. Baseball Baseball. baseball isn't boring. Welcome to Baseball Isn't Boring. Here's your host, Rob
1: Radford. Hey guys, this is Ashley Kelly, wife of Dodgers pitcher Joe Kelly. So I thought that the best present that I'd receive this offseason was the Porsche that Shohei Otani gave me. But no, Bradford let me see his Hall of Fame ballot. Uh, Everybody else, you guys are going to have to play today's Immaculate Grid. Good luck. It's that time again. It's time to reveal another Hall of Fame ballot. We've done it for this is the third year. We, this is the third year I've been voting for the Hall of Fame and it's the third year I've had a Hall of Fame ballot reveal. The first year was batting stance guy Gar Rhinus just absolutely nailed it. Got this whole ball rolling. Got a lot of people enthused and excited. At least I was enthused and excited about finding different and creative ways to reveal the Hall of Fame ballot. And then next, last year, awesome. Shoeless Joe Jackson. D.B. Sweeney reprising his role of Shoeless Joe Jackson in the great movie Eight Men Out. We, of course, had Eight Men In, and that led us to Eight Men Out. And D.B. did just an unbelievable job walking out of the cornfield in the 1919 Chicago White Sox, Chicago Black Sox uniform. It was just such a memorable experience and something that made me want to think of something for this year even more. Every single year. There's been not not an inkling of me that su- suggests that I don't want to reveal my ballot in a creative way. I don't have a problem with you know, people having their choice of who they're voting for, how they're voting. For. Well, actually, I do have a problem with how they're voting a lot of times if it's just ridiculous. Uh, and and the reveal. You know, the reveal, people want to take pictures of their ballot, that's fine. It's fine. But I just i just feel like it should be fun this is what the baseball isn't boring thing is all about right it's not supposed to be boring and i just felt sort of hall of fame ballot reveals had become a little bit too boring so to each his own maybe you won't like it i don't know i don't really care i do care a little bit but i hope you like it this year i thought we nailed it i thought we did a good job in large part to, once again to the people who helped out much like with gar much like with db this year we had some really really great people helping out. Adam Dorowski, the director of product for Sports Reference, Sean Foreman, the head of Sports Reference, and Sports reference when I say Sports Reference, this is all the the under this is the umbrella that covers up or li- lives atop the great website Baseball Reference. And what's in Baseball Reference? Well, that will be of course the immaculate grid. One of the most I don't know how to say this. One of the most viral baseball games that has come along in a long, long time. And that dropped in the 2023 season. And whether it's in press boxes, whether it's at homes, whether it's in wherever it is, on fields and dugouts and clubhouses, people were playing this immaculate grid all over the place because it just hit home. It hit the sweet spot of the baseball fandom. So I felt like... This was a great, great way to, as a tip of the chapeau, an homage to one of the most noteworthy developments in the baseball world in 2023, to try and integrate that into my Baseball Hall of Fame ballot reveal. And as I said, thanks to Adam, thanks to Sean, these guys really helped me out. So in order to, what I'm saying here is in order to see who i voted for in the baseball hall of fame this year the nine players and you have to have nine because in order to do the immaculate grid which is what you're going to have to do to find this you have to have nine players and so the guys put together today's immaculate grid as we see here today on january 3rd the immaculate grid i am so honored for january 3rd on baseball reference is my hall of fame ballot reveal it shouldn't be too hard you should be able to figure out uh if you can't figure it out text me dm me i don't know you'll figure it out but the nine guys that i voted for for the hall of fame and you know what here's how you can figure it out if you listen to this podcast so go take a look at the immaculate grid and then listen to this podcast or listen to the podcast and go to the immaculate grid but the podcast is with Adam, Adam Zarowski, as I said, director of product for Sports Reference. He is the guy that put it together. And he also, I found it fascinating. I asked him, I said, listen, you know, when, you, when I gave you my picks, how difficult was it to put together a grid for this? And he gave the answer and it gave you a little bit of insight how they do things. And there was one player, there's one player that he was a little worried about that he was going to be able to fit in. But boom, he did it anyway. All right. Subscribe, rate, review. Subscribe, rate, review. Thank you to producer Evan for all the hard work that he's been doing. I have been ziplining over Honduras the last few days, and he's been a pickup up the slacks. So thank you to all the people who have filled in. Such an awesome job. Courtney Finnegan, Jeff Choice. Re- uh, Reese Green uh julian mcwilliams all the guests that they had on it's just been awesome it's really been heartening and so now we're we're right back at it we've got a ton of stuff coming up this week heading into next week heading into the week after but today today's a special one for me i hope you enjoy it here is the anatomy of a hall of fame ballot reveal with adam Dorowski. all right there's nobody i'd rather have on right now than adam Dorowski, director of product at sports reference and the straw that stirs a drink when it comes to baseball commerce, Unless one of the straws is stirring a drink, Adam. This year, it's been a good year for you, man. Right, two thousand twenty three. Yeah, not it?
3: Yeah, it's been a great year over at uh, Sports Reference, with uh, of course, Immaculate Grid being uh, the, the huge new thing this year, and it's really been uh, helpful for our our users and our business, and you know, just everything in general. It's been fun for everyone.
1: Business is booming, and hopefully, <laughs> we can have uh, have that happen a little bit more. As we tape this, I I am in forever indebted to you um, for helping me reveal my Hall of Fame ballot, uh, Adam. So just to give me two seconds, and I'll just explain to people that you know this is my third year voting for the Hall of Fame, and you're and I want to get into your 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 super invested in the Hall of Fame, super <laughs> invested in who do you think you should make it in the cases for this is I love this time of year. Normally we don't get. The free agency, like, merging with the Hall of Fame. Usually this is solely for Hall of Fame conversation, but so be it. Let it be said. Let it be done. But this is my third year of voting for the Hall of Fame. I'm not going to get in my tale of woe of how fraudulent sometimes the Redist Association is in terms of doing this stuff. And this is why I had to reset my clock. This is why my third year. But I'm grateful and, and truly honored to be able to vote for the Hall of Fame but I also believe it is it should be fun. Like Baseball should be fun. Baseball isn't boring, the whole thing. And so the first year I did it, our good friend Batting Stance guy, he reenacted all the picks that I had, all the, the nominations for the Hall of Fame ballot. And then I realized this is something that people sort of liked. So last year I flew to Chicago, Adam, um, for no reason at all other than to meet up with D.B. Sweeney, who played Shoeless Joe Jackson of Eight Men Out? Eight Men Out, Eight Men In, Eight Men In. I voted into the Hall of Fame, and DB was so so nice to reprise his role for the first time ever of the movie Eight Men Out, Shoeless Joe Jackson. And and we ta- I've talked about this before, Adam, about like how DB was so into this, so into this, finding the cornfield and getting the uniform and having the script and all of this, and and I just. To me it's just like this is what we should look forward to and and the reason i wanted to keep doing it was because it was this this feeling of this i didn't want to just take a picture of my ballot and say here it is i did not want to do that and and i don't begrudge people for doing it but honestly adam one of the things that i'm sort of surprised and i've said this numerous times is it when I did the, the batting stance guy one, and then certainly when I did the one with D.B. Sweeney, I'm like, okay, everybody, let's go. Let's have some fun with it.
3: Mm-hmm. Yep.
1: And we're still waiting. my. We're still <laughs>
3: waiting. Well, I <laughs> got to say, yeah. you've had some memorable announcements. I, I, I didn't realize you've only been doing it for the three years because I'll tell you, I definitely remember those announcements.
1: Yeah, well, so what happened was in my 10th second, uh, soliloquy about that was I was you have to be in the Writers Association for 10 years straight and so I was in for, I don't know what it was three years and three or four years and then I had the audacity to go to the fly-by-night organization that was the internet hmm. and that one year, 2008 the vote, they said no, no, we can't have someone who went to the internet be in the Baseball Writers Association and then in the next year ESPN, all the local sites, Comcast, all the local sites, all the, everybody got in. But I was so sullied by it. Alex Speer, who you may know from Boston Globe, one of the best writers around, he was working with me at the time, and we're just like, what? you know? So we didn't even try to get back into 2011, but you got to reset your clock. So that's what happened. So reset the clock, 10 years. But I did know this, Adam, is that when I got back in... I was a going to take it really serious. That as we're going to get into, there's a lot of interpretation. There's a lot of debate. I don't begrudge anyone for who disagrees with me at all, not at all. But I'm going to take it serious because I, I've seen some of these ballots before when I wasn't voting, and even now when I'm voting, and I'm like, that what is happening? Like, what is going on? And and then the other thing is, is like I said, I mean, I I just want to have fun, man. Like this is what it should be. It should be, this the 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 idea of the holier than now baseball writer is too prevalent. So let's fight against it a little bit. Anyway, I have been talking far too long. <laughs> I, I, I truly appreciate all that you've done. And this year, like we said at the beginning of the year, the Immaculate Grid. Like, so tell me your role. Tell us about your role. About how the Immaculate Grid came about. Your journey. Because I find that as fascinating as anything,
3: yeah, so obviously we we checked the the stats of our own sites every single day and in the it was earlier than the summer, it was like the late spring going into the summer. we noticed an uptick in in baseball references traffic, and it was just around the same time that a few of us uh at the company had discovered this little game, Immaculate Grid, which was developed by an independent developer Brian minter, and pretty early on uh he approached us. Uh, thinking that it would be a great comp- uh, com- uh, compliment to our sites, uh, not only just on the baseball side, but across all sports. So we worked out a deal with him where we acquired Immaculate Grid. We put it out. Uh, we relaunched it for baseball in July, and then we launched it to all the other sports that we cover. Uh, so we have it for men's basketball, women's basketball, football, world soccer, hockey, uh, American football, everything. And, uh, you know, it, it was just, it kind of took off from there. It was kind of the the viral uh, game of the summer, which was really exciting for us because we're not a game company. So everybody at the company was like, you know, tr- helping out with all these different things that we'd never done before. And it was a lot of experimenting, a lot of learning, and uh, it was really great to see the users engage with it. And, you know, we would try things and users would say, oh, I didn't like that category or I didn't like <laughs> the way they did that. And we would just change it. and And it was really exciting to do things like, so quickly and and organically like with the users like i don't know almost like uh an orchestra there you know we point one way and they're they're giving us feedback it was great
1: i think it hit the sweet spot and this is what we all are looking for right in any industry i mean really in the way the media is and the way that sports are we're looking to hit the sweet spot of what's interesting people and when you can find that sweet spot it's like oh my goodness it feels so good and and for you guys, for the immaculate grid, it was. I'm and I'm looking at this from the thirty thousand foot view because I started hearing. But I remember being doing a Red Sox broadcast, and I remember foolishly being like, "Oh, you know, I'm trying to reference all oh, the grid thing, the grid, you know, the grid." And but meanwhile, I would be up in the media dining room, and like tables of scouts would be like. Like this is all they would talk about. And then they would talk about yesterday's and they would talk about today's. And it was it was all consuming when it came to the conversation. I don't know if you felt that. Could you feel that as I know the traffic, you know, this is how we judge everything. But could you feel like that this was oh, we hit something at just the right time?
3: We really did. It was, it was amazing to see, you know, players talking about it, tweeting the results with them in, in the grid, like Mike Cameron doing that a few times. I love seeing that it's so cool or not even Mike Cameron, but just like, you know, the journeyman player that only played a couple of years when he finally gets to put his own name in there. It's so cool. And, you know, we, we saw a lot of the press and, you know, the, uh, the traffic to the site was great because that was one of the first things that we did was uh, you know, over and over every time we talk to our users they say what we love is the rabbit hole they use that word all the time the rabbit hole the rabbit hole so what well, the first thing that we did was we built you know this is how many answers there are Go to a list to see all of the answers and then people just, you know, click through and they want to see all the players that would have matched so that they can keep them in mind for next time. And they're clicking through the site over and over and over. And it's, it's that was just so great for us. But yeah, we definitely felt uh, what the community felt. I mean, we have so many people in, in the company that are playing it as well. And, you know, just a fun story, you know, I I, I schedule the baseball grids, uh, we have people uh, who also schedule the others, my colleague Alex does all the other sports except for baseball and soccer, uh, my colleague Sarah does soccer. And, you know, when we acquired it, and I was building the grids. I didn't have any tools in place, so I had to like come up with like what's going to be a good grid. So unfortunately, I knew all the answers, and I felt like I couldn't play. But then our team of engineers made me these new tools that I could just say, all right, if these two categories combine, there's 16 results, but I'm not going to show you which 16. I just knew that it would work. Uh, so then I got to play again. So I play every day now.
1: Oh, that's awesome. And, and so I, one of my goals when we were going through it with the, with the podcast was we have Rich Hill on a lot a lot right so there's two guys that you say and we joke in the in the press box oh if you want you want center square for for immaculate grid rich hill and edwin jackson those two guys oh, yeah. right so i wanted to have both of them on and i actually tried doing it with rich hill rich but you know it didn't go quite as expected but we just had Edwin, edwin jackson but there's there's a couple guys that you're like okay you know what Let's default to that but before we get, so before we get to uh, how kind you guys have been for me and my idea and the whole Hall whole, whole of Fame thing, just take me through your fandom, if you can, about how you fell in love with the sport, with what you do, because this is what it's all about, right? I mean, this is, this is, you know, this, it's. I tell my kids, I mean, don't worry about how much – if you find something you like doing, you're going to succeed in it, and you're going to get to where you want to go. I get the sense that you really like your job. (laughs) So how did it come about?
3: Yeah, I definitely really like my job. Uh, I was a kid in New England, absolutely obsessed with baseball, and I also was interested in baseball simulations at a very young age. Uh, particularly there was one called Earl Weaver baseball and I would like create teams and leagues and like alternate realities of like teams playing against each other of all-time great teams and whatnot. Um, And, you know, then I I went into tech, I did design and and development work with a bunch of, you know, Boston area startups and whatnot. And finally, um, well, I guess first I I met Sean Foreman, the president of Sports Reference. And we had a consulting agreement in place where I would help them redesign their site for, uh, actually to to do the responsive mobile redesign back in 2015. So when you see it on on your phone, it looks different, uh, but it's the same site on the phone and on, on the desktop. So that was really fun. And I just kept working with them and I just kept working with them. And lo and behold, it was six years that I was working with them on the side. And finally, I was just like, let's just do this full time. And it's been so awesome. I, I love like everything about my job, like the, the worst day at sports reference is better than like my best day anywhere else. It's, it's, it's hard. It's a lot of hard work. We've got to, you know, uh, a lot of things that we're managing, and you know, a lot of users that uh, you know have have high, high expectations, and and I'm right there with them. I use the site every day too, so I, I have those expectations too. Um, but it's it's just uh, been amazing to to create things for the types of users who are, are a lot like me, and, and you know, to meet ones that aren't like me, and and create cool things for them too.
1: Well, it's when, anytime you have something with that is basically the. The gold standard for every single person in the industry, in in this case, the baseball industry, which is true. I mean, I whether it's the players at their lockers, the media that walks into the clubhouse, the executives who are up in the office, the the, the managers, the coaches, this is what it is. So, and and to come back to the Immaculate Grid, now this is such a great compliment to, to everything that you do. So, so the story. So like I said, the two years, last two years, I did the reveal that and when I did eight men out with DB, sort of the thinking was that I knew I was voting for eight guys. So eight men out, eight men in. And my original plan was I'm going to get guys from the eight men out movie, numerous guys, you know, Charlie Sheen and and John Cusack and these guys. Yeah, but DB had locked in so much into it. He was just so passionate about it. Like we don't need anybody else. But Amen M. So now I knew I was doing nine this time around. So obviously, you are the grid, you need nine guys, right? Correct me if I'm wrong. I'm gonna feel like oh, that's I, it. All right, you need you need nine guys. This would be non-negotiable. I would be moving on to the guy in the space station reading it off if I didn't have nine guys. But I did have nine guys. And I was like, this is a fit. And I can say this, that Adam, that that when I mentioned, not a lot of people knew that I was doing this, but when I mentioned it to people, and I had these sort of, well, I can do this, I can do that, I can do this. A lot of times you sort of default to celebrity, which is you can have, I'll just be honest, like one of the... Ideas I had was like, I'll have Eddie Vetter, who was one of my bucket list guys. I'll just have him read it. There you go. Maybe I'll vote for 10 guys off of his album 10. I don't there know. There you go. Yeah. 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 So, but, uh, but when I mentioned this, it was like, boom, there it was more so than I even thought, honestly. More so than I like, oh, like our guy, the guy that started Baseballs are Boring, Joe Kelly, who I didn't know knew in Immaculate Grit. He's like, oh, there it is. That's it. That's it. So that made me psyched. And I'm so excited and so grateful to you and Sean. And and then and then to see how it came out. So I guess my first question is, when I'm asking you this, do you like this doesn't make sense? This won't work, or do you like this will work? This does make sense. Or it's it's okay. I what was your thinking with it?
3: My first thinking was uh, I had actually done like a fake grid when when I had when the ballot was announced just with nine of the the guys that were on there. And I was like, I know that there's a lot of categories that will work. Um, Have you revealed your ballot yet? Can I mention anything? Yeah. yeah. So
1: this is dropping. But yeah, yeah. All right. I'm going to ask you my your opinion of my ballot a little bit later.
3: The one I was worried about was Billy Wagner, because like everybody else, they've got, you know, they've got the silver sluggers, they've got the gold, gold gloves, there's a lot of like hitting overlaps and everything, but I was like, oh, he's got one pitcher and it's a relief pitcher, we don't have that many categories, but luckily, uh, he was an all-star with the Braves, uh, and uh, several uh, of the other players were as well. So that worked well there too. And it's always good when you can work a team in and it's not all categories too. So other than that, you had a lot of guys that won a lot of awards and reached a lot of milestones. So it was not that hard to put it together, to be honest.
1: Oh, that's good. You did a quick, <laughs> you did it, but it was good. It was really, really good. And I'm glad that the Billy was, Billy was also another one. And I, I truly hope he gets in because he, We've had him on the podcast a couple times. I've interacted with him a couple times. And a lot of these guys play it cool. It's almost like a strategy, Adam. Sometimes, like the, the Burt Blylevin strategy. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to crap all over at what an awful process it is, but I'm going to do it on every radio station in America to, to keep you, uh, my, my name in their conscious. So... um yeah. So anyway, I, I do hope Billy gets in because I know how much it means to him. And I do think he's a Hall of Famer. All right. Well, um, and so there you go. So you thought it was a doable number one, which is the most important thing. And um, and I hope you thought it was a good idea. <laughs>
3: Absolutely. Yeah, I was I was excited about it because, you know, it, it, it's just a perfect fit with the nine faces and and the the categories all synced up really well. I thought it was great.
1: So let me ask you this, and I I, so I'm going to ask you about your sort of Hall of Fame perspective. So not you know I'm a steroid guy, in I can explain that fine. You know I voted for Scott Rowland last year, and and which went against one of my principles. Really, when I wasn't voting, one of the things, Adam, very very surface level conversation starter, I said, and then I use baseball references for this. Well, I said, okay, let's look at how many top 10, top 15 MVP votes they have because it shows like dominance in the era, um, regardless of the statistical sort of fluctuations. So, you know, I had all that, but, you know, at the same time, I'm like wondering, well, okay, you know, it's, where is this, where is this going to go? Like what, what is going to, is this, I, I totally forget where I was going with this, but anyway, so, but I want oh I know what I was going to say. So before I get to asking you the perspective of, of your hall of fame opinion which I value. Like I said, I value it and I love the conversation. Why don't more people have fun with it? I, I it, Adam, like since I this is what baffles me. It baffles me and I hope that people do do stuff I hope this, but when I did batting stance guy a couple of years ago, I'm like, Hey, you know what? It could, good. It received very well, but we're, we're battling against the holier than thou crew. Like we're battling against that, right? Baseball this is what baseball is battling against. I'm not devaluing the, how important the process is, but, but yet still we sit here and here's my ballot. Here's the picture. Here's my column. I don't know. This is my rant. I just got to rant about it. I'm sorry, Adam. I
3: wonder how much of that has to do with the backlash that people get. You know, if you look at anyone's tweet about their ballot, the feedback they get is always incredibly negative. You get the occasional good ballot responses, but I feel like there's a lot of where's this guy that I like? Where's this guy that I like? And, you know, I think. Here's the first glimpse at like how I how I feel. I think still think there's more than ten Hall of Famers uh, that are out there. I mean, they're not all maybe the traditional BBWA level Hall of Famers, but I think there's more than ten guys you can make a valid case for. So I think that there's a lot of ballots that can be good ballots and a lot of people don't seem to think that and i don't know maybe that turns people off from having fun with it i don't know maybe you just put more work into it i mean it's it's work to do this type of thing this isn't
1: work i mean i flew to chicago (laughs) last year on my own dime it did nothing for my company nothing it was like i took my family with me that was it it's it's just because like in order to it's much like you talk about your job right you got to have fun doing your job and that's I, I have fun doing this job. I, I have fun doing this podcast. I have fun doing all of it. But I just think it's like people should have more fun with it. And even I talked to the people of the Hall of Fame, including Josh, the president. I ran into him. I, we were talking about it. He's like, oh, I think it's great. I think it's great. And I know that everyone don't, doesn't feel that way. But it's, just, it's the same people who didn't allow me to stay in the Writers Association when I went to the Internet. You know, it's like, you know, so anyway, sorry. I don't mean to. <laughs> <It's>
3: <laughs> I you know I, I would love to jump on with you, but uh, I have to say I've gotten a little bit more calm about the Hall of Fame stuff o- over the years. Uh, like 12 years ago, I, before the, I was with Sports Reference, I created a site called the Hall of Stats because yeah. I was so angry at the the process and it basically, you know, Gave a mathematical value to every player and kicked everybody out of the Hall of Fame and repopulated them. And I, I was like, my Hall of Stats is better than the Hall of Fame. No, I've definitely calmed down since then. I'm not as uh, gung ho about that, but I still do have a more analytical slant. But there's definitely room for uh, the nuance that I maybe wasn't seeing.
1: But that, but that's and that's the point. Is that like I, I think that that's great. I think that normally the conversation is great because we know we we can look at the ballot and we know the guys who are debatable. We know the guys who aren't debatable. We know what's not debatable, which is some of the ballots had already have been revealed. I mean this is we we know this. This is this is part of the is two different things. It's it's the the legitimate conversation and I'm not being like say I know everything, but we know we know what's legitimate conversation and what's not steroids versus non-steroids, whatever. Scott Rowland, fine. Someone said, I've had plenty of people, including former players, like after I voted for Scott Rowland, say he wasn't a Hall of Famer. I'm like, well, you know, there's nobody in the Hall of Fame that has his level of war. Then it's it's a hard thing to ignore. You know, so like, like that was my thing. And so anyway, I hear where you're coming from and I'm glad you're sort of settled down because as you can tell, I'm not. Um, all right. There you go, you got your Hall of Fame ballot. I am, if nothing else, if I can give you nothing else besides T-shirts and smiles and sweatshirts, what I'm going to give you is here's your Hall of Fame ballot. Who do you got going in this year for you? No, no, who's? I shouldn't say. Let me rephrase that. Who would you like to see go in?
3: Um, well, it's a lot of the the guys that you voted for. I have been very, very loud about Joe Mauer. I think that he will get in. I. I think for a while there was unclear if he would be a first ballot hall of famer. I think he absolutely deserves that honor. I think we're talking about like a, maybe a top seven, all time catcher, certainly top 10 all time, you know, people say, you know, Oh, he moved to first base. Well, all of the accolades that he got were an, in his seasons as a full-time catcher I think that he's my I mean Beltre is obviously the number one name on this ballot um but Maurer is my number two and was like "Whoa, what about Arod uh or Manny uh I would vote for them I use uh if I, if I had a ballot I've thought way too much about if I had a ballot I use the positive test After testing is in place as like a tiebreaker. Like if, if there are only 10 guys, I'll, I'll include you. But if there's 12, you know, Manny and A-Rod would be the two that I would leave off. So I'd probably leave them off of this ballot. The two that I would make sure to get in there that aren't on your ballot um, are, you know, there's no starting pitchers on here. And I think that we are uh, sometimes forgetting about the the guys that had to pitch to some of these guys that are on the ballot. And I think that Mark Burley in particular is tremendously underrated. Like if you look at like the number of 200 inning seasons that he had, uh, you know, even just his win total and ERA plus, you know, there's very few players that have those two numbers together and don't get into the hall of fame. Although Tim Hudson is one and we just let him drop off the ballot as well. I think Tim Hudson was, very much a a, a a a hall of famer. The, the thing is with with Hudson, Pettit, and Burley, I'm pushing for them, but I also understand that if they were going to be veterans committee selections, that would be an acceptable thing. But I like to remind people not to forget about the guys who actually had to pitch to some of these guys, mm-hmm. you know. And, and I I think that you know the body of work of like a three thousand inning pitcher does more for me than a Billy Wagner, but I would still probably vote for Billy Wagner. It would just be at the very end of my ballot.
1: So the Burley one's interesting. And I hear you about Wagner where, you know, the, you know, one of the arguments against him were people taking the deep dive and saying, Oh, look at the, look at the saves he got. They were, they were quote unquote low leverage saves or, or, you know, he, whatever it was, but it is what it is. I, I'm not going to take a deep dive into why I voted for Billy Wagner, but this I voted for Billy Wagner. The Burley one I'm glad you brought him up because on the surface I was like there's no way and then I took a little bit deeper dive he was right there he was right there it was incredible how consistent he was all the way by the way till his last year how many years did he pitch I mean it was close to 17 or something. 17 years right and and his last year was under a four era it was yeah, 15-8. <laughs> yeah. Right. It, and so I I totally I don't know. I haven't looked at uh our guy Ryan Thibodeau's tracker as we sit here about if if he's getting many votes at all. But I, I wouldn't have a problem anybody who would voted for him. I wouldn't. And and Maurer was another one you said what initially I was before I started looking into it, I'm like, meh. But then you're, I you're right. I mean the, because don't we have to value the catcher position a little bit differently? Don't we? Oh, yeah.
3: yeah, I think and, so. And the Hall of Fame hasn't traditionally done a great job of that, too. Like, catchers have shorter careers and they have, you know, fewer games per season. All catchers do, just about all catchers do. There are rare ones like, Yadier Molina. And I think that, you know, some people think, oh, Yadier Molina doesn't have the war total. Like, no, yes, he does because he's a catcher and he's one of the rare ones that could catch every single day for many, many years. So, you know, I think, you know, there's a lot of comparing and contrasting between Mauer Posey, who is basically Mauer, if he never moved to first, uh, first base, mm-hmm. and then Molina, who's totally different. And I'm like, well, why are we debating between the three of them? They're all clearly hall of famers every generation, has three Hall of Fame catchers. These are the three.
1: Hmm. When you see, so we have, you know, so I'm going to try to remember the ones I voted for without the list in front of me. So Bellatrain, Helton, um, Bellatrain, Manny, A-Rod, Wagner, um, Andrew Jones. you have a problem with any of those yet, Andrew Jones? No. Nope. Uh, who else do I have? I got two more. Is it Sheffield? Did we Sheffield, get it? Sheffield. And then... Uh, Beltran? Did we say Beltran? I think I said Beltran. Uh, let's see.
3: Might have missed A-Rod or Manny, actually.
1: Oh, A-Rod. Did I say a anyway, Who? Anyway. <laughs> so of, of these guys, I, I think that of these guys who... You know, Abreu is on the cusp, right? I've seen a lot of people voting for Abreu more. He'll get a bump, I think. Um, is there anybody who you feel like you, you mentioned Burley, you mentioned starters. Is there anybody who you feel might be creeping up in the next few years?
3: Who's hmm. currently
1: on? Uh, yeah.
3: The bell. yeah. You know, Jimmy Rollins is interesting. Yeah. He doesn't, he doesn't have the, he's like kind of the the anti-sabermetric candidate where, you know, he still has a very solid war total, but uh, I don't know, He guess he's the baseball equivalent to filling up the box score with, he just had the hits, he had the home runs, he had the steals, he had great defense, he just did it all. And, you know, it, that was something that we said a lot for the candidates like Scott Rowland. I mean, Rowland, I think, was a far superior hitter and a far superior defender, Were you a Roland
1: guy? Were you a I was a guy?
3: huge Roland guy. Yeah. He, of of last year's ballot, he was my number one name. Okay. Like, ahead of anyone else. Okay. Um but uh, yeah, I think that uh Rollins is uh is kind of a sneaky good candidate and I think if you contrast him to like uh an Omar Vizquel, I think he's a far better candidate than a uh, Omar Vizquel. He had the defense, but he also was just a much better hitter. Uh Better offensive performer, better at his peak too. Won an MVP, you know, all those types of things. Uh, so I think he's the the kind of sneaky candidate to watch, see if he creeps up as uh, some of the backlog clears out. Yeah,
1: well, you know what I'm talking about. Like with the, it is, it is interesting. The 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 how guys creep up and I understand that you know there's different times where you have more guys in the ballot and less guys in the ballot, so you might people might be maxed out. But I do feel like there is definitely also a publicity aspect of it. I absolutely believe this. Bly 11 to me will always stand out in that way where he was like a master of like this thing sucks. I don't now. Schilling took it to the other level where right. Schilling killed himself when he just said you know. I don't, I want to be taken off the ballot because the writers that they don't want to hear that. Like, I didn't care. I voted for chilling. I thought it was a hall of famer. Like I thought on the field, he was absolutely a a hall of famer, but uh, it is a publicity thing. I think to a certain extent. Um, And that's where I wonder, you know, I, I wonder how guys like, like a John Lester, right. Mm. If if he's, I don't think he's going to be in the media. Like I don't think he's going to be in the public eye, right? right. And I, and so will he? Will people remember how good he is? I don't. And I don't know. That's a conversation for another time. But I don't know if he's going to be a Hall of Famer. But it really helps if you're in the media. It does, or you're in the public eye. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm fascinated to see how Dustin Pedroia does. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I. I, I I would be a yes with Dustin Pedroia, but I wonder how much of that is my my homerism coming through. I don't. I'm not a Red Sox fan first and foremost anymore. I've kind of detached from following one team, but Dustin Pedroia make every exception in the world for. I love that guy.
1: Well, you know what? You know that if you go look and you do the exercise of, he was halfway through his year, uh, halfway through his career, maybe more than halfway through his career, his numbers were jeter at the same time was almost identical. Like almost identical. Minus the world championships. Although he won, you know, he had won in two thousand seven. So uh yeah, I mean I don't think he'll make it, but listen, you know, having covered him, he should make the he should make the Clubhouse Interview Hall of Fame. <laughs> yeah. There's no question about that.
3: Yeah. David um, Wright might be a good one to watch to see how Pedro oh, will do. David
1: Wright. That's a good one. Yeah, absolutely. Well Adam, like I said, I really appreciate everything that you've done and and everything that you continue to do and and um, yeah, it's it's just a good time and and um, if we, if I will keep spreading the word about all the good stuff. I don't need to spread the word; everybody knows what you guys are doing. So. We
3: appreciate it though.
1: Oh uh, yeah, yeah, and you know, and hopefully, and hopefully, people will receive this well, and and um, and you can help me think of next year's because I again, spa- I got space station in my head. I got somebody reading in the space station in my head. So, uh, yeah, it's always a good time. Baseball's fun. So, and, and thanks, thanks to people like you. Appreciate it.
3: Well, thanks to you as well. Take care.
2: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it.